Hello there. Welcome to another edition of Perpetual Outsider. Um, welcome back to um, anybody that stuck with me since I uh, since I began with it a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago. Actually, it's getting on for a month now. Just the uh, time flies just like that when you're having fun. Um, if you're new to the show, uh, my name is John Bensalia. I am a freelance writer, uh, also a freelance um, artist, and also, I suppose, a freelance podcaster. Um, just a little bit of uh, news. I don't think the Patreon's really working out, to be honest. And I think especially in, the, you know, in these cash you know, cash-stricken times. I don't really think it's fair to ask um, folks for like, you know, £3 a month, £5 a month, because um, I, I just think the money could be spent better elsewhere, really. So instead, what I've done is, uh, you know, as a means of, uh, uh, I suppose, begging for money, I guess, um, I've actually started the Buy Me A Coffee page. Um, so... Uh, all the, all the podcasts are free, but if you, you know, if you do have any spare cash and you want to donate it, um, I'll be very, very grateful. So that is buymeacoffee.com uh, forward slash John Bensalia. John with an H, uh, Bensalia with a B-E-N-S-A-L-H-I-A. -A. Um, so, um, yeah, that's um, that that's uh, how it's going to be from now on. I'm, I'm still getting used to this podcasting, Mark. Um I suspect it actually may may take quite a while for it to all come together. Um, and I suppose you know, I, I, you know, I'd seen I recently had actually seen a um, a couple more of the uh, the Davis era episodes, and uh, a little bit further down the line, I accidentally, I accidentally just caught them. And um, yeah, they they just annoyed me. So I suspect um, when I um, when I get onto <laughs> the tenant era, um, if 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 I would have carried on with Patreon, um, if if I got onto the uh, the tenant era, I think it just would have been lots of um, moaning and groaning. And you know what? Life's too short for moaning and groaning, um, it's, especially in this hot weather. I mean, it's literally scorching. I mean, I could step outside and I would look like the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark, just like that. I I, I would just do him on the spot because it is so hot out there. But anyway, enough of this nonsense. Um, today we are going back to the cold days of October 1978 again. Actually, the day before the, um, the previous, uh, the, the day before the Generation game, which was the previous one that I recorded, uh, game show-wise. But um, we're changing channels back to ITV. We're going to look at another 3 to one episode, which this one is called Crime. Um, it's from the uh, the very first series. So it's a little bit different to the last one that I did, which was uh, My Word is My Bomb, which was 1984. So uh, this one is the penultimate episode of that first series. So without any more, uh, any further ado, uh, any more waffle, let's get right on with it and count down, I suppose, in three, two, one. He says doing the hand signal, just like Ted Rogers did. Yeah, this was... Um, this was from the very first series, and it's um, it's generally follows the, uh, the same format, but there's quite a few uh, quite a few subtle differences, which um, which we'll point out as uh, as we go along. One of which is a more kind of expansive, not expensive, expansive title sequence because you get the uh, dusty the cartoon Dusty Bing going through a whole load of doors saying it's fortune and fame, it's a quiz, it's blah blah blah. Um, whereas with the, um, the, my word is my bond titles are just kind of, um, uh, didn't, oh my God, look at, look at all those old grannies in the audience. <laughs> oh, he's Ted. He just, he looks a little bit low budget compared, compared to today's standards. But, you know, back then it was, it was. Probably, you know, real glitzy stuff. Now, one of the unusual things is um, they've got this constant background music in um, playing on the loop, which uh, which they drop after this series. It's kind of this sort of like little funky, jazzy sort of electric keyboard. Tim's doing his warm up spiel. There's Dusty Bin. Um, 
dressed up as Sherlock Holmes by the looks of it. And um, he's he's got a show over here called George, who is um, played by Karen Palmer. And I think I think they dropped the whole kind of George thing after this series. Um, um, she she just be Karen Palmer, I think. But uh, yeah, George is the chauffeur who always dr uh, who drives the uh, star prize of the car. And um, this this is one of the uh, the unusual things about this show is that every week you're guaranteed a car, whereas they kind of mix it up, which I think is probably the right thing to do in future future series. You know, some weeks they have a car, some weeks they don't. But every week, <clears throat> uh, every every, uh, every episode in this series, they they have a motor car, which is the star prize. So it, do, it does kind of take the uh, the edge off it if it comes down to the final two. One of them is a car, and one of them isn't. You know, it's like you know what you're getting if you've uh, if you're actually saving the car till last. So here are the contestants, and uh, another another um, unusual quirk, I suppose, you know, for want of a better word, is that um, in the money round, in the early bit, if you if you actually win the most money, you actually don't go through to what Ted calls take it or leave it, which is, you know, or Ted's treasure table, as he calls it. You actually come back another week and you see and you see if you can win even more money. Um, so you've got these two. Uh, Terry and I can't I can't see a name badge. Terry looks a bit like the actor Peter Blythe, who was in Poirot, once he buckled my shoe, and other things. Uh, they're not going to show a name badge anyway. Um, Terry and I, I don't I don't think it's due. So anyway, Terry and uh, Mrs. Terry have uh, um, have have come back again. Uh, I think they won the quiz the previous week. They will actually stick. No, previous two weeks. I tell a lie. Um, tell us just said they. Uh, oh right, what's the name? Jenny, Terry, and Jenny. Well, it's not far off. Too. Not far off Terry and Jenny, I suppose. So um, yeah, they're, they're they're on track to um, see if they can get um an another win to add to their um, a mass loop that they've done so far. What have they got to do? All right, they've got they've got to answer um ten types of things that you can sit on um apart from chair. So they've come up with awesome. Can you sit on an Osman? A love seat. <laughs> what is this? Little house in the prairie or something? You know, they've got that like little porch swing outside. Oh. And this is here's another yet another innovation is that um, if uh, if any of them make a mistake or they uh, they run out of time, then they have to suffer a really bad joke from what they call the disrepertory company, uh, which is basically Chris Emmett and Debbie Arnold and uh, a, a, another comedian. Um, initially, it was Dudley Brown, then it was Bernie Clifton, then it was Dave Ismay, and now it's probably the most um well known of, of the three T one gang, um, which is uh Mike Newman. And he he'd stick around for a the three T one along with Chris Emmett. They kind of form a they kind of form a double act actually. Um yeah they, they uh, Mike Newman would hang around. I don't know what happened to Mike Newman. I I know he's got a son who um who's also called Mike Newman and uh, also, he's also a comedian, so I, I, I don't know what happened to the uh, to the original one. I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's still with us. Chris Emma, I, I, I don't know if, if he still does radio stuff at the moment. I don't know. So we moved on to couple number two, one of whom looks like Sarah Green, actually. Uh, who's what are their names? This guy with a very bad moustache. Lynn and and then once, once said to the beauty competition and stumbled through the stage. She she fell through the stage. <laughs> so what what are they answering this time? But they um. 
rather than two rounds, they actually get three rounds this time of questions. And they get a pound an answer, and then um, however many they win in the next round, um, that's then multiplied by 10 for the, uh, for the final round. They're not going to show this guy's name, are they? Stuff old man. Games you games that you can play with a ball. Uh, what have they got? They, they've got all the obvious ones. Do you know what? I mean, it's it sounds so easy at home. You know, viewers are probably screaming out the answer. But I bet when you've got cameras on you in a boiling hot studio, it's um it isn't that easy. Oh, time's up, so we're back to another bad joke from Mike Newman. Debbie Arnold wouldn't come back. She um she went on to be in EastEnders. Uh, what did she play? I, f I forget who she played. Um, but she was in it briefly, and she, you know she's been in other things, lots of other things. Um, but yeah, she's only in it this series as part of the uh, this repertory company. And introducing them are what they call the gentle sex, which is S E C S. You know, which which is a very bad pun, much like many other bad puns. Um, so it was it was a group of you know sort of uh, you know glamorous women and uh, and uh, I think there was about half a dozen of them. They they kind of change. Uh, there's um, that she, uh, this couple have just been introduced by Patsy Ann Scott, who would go on to be uh, Mrs. Eddie Large. She was married to um, Eddie Large from uh, Little and Large fame. Eddie Large, sadly, no longer with us. Um, and yeah, the, the others include, I think there's Annie St. Jean, Annie St. Jean in there. Jean? I was, I was, I was going to get on to the, uh, the French one. He was called Mireille Alonville. And this, this lady looks a, the third contestant, looks a bit like the singer Marie Mathieu. They come from, they come from Geordie Land. Pauline and, is it Bill? Yeah, I think it's Bill, yeah. Who was, was also sporting a, another very 1970s moustache. And Marie, no, sorry, Pauline is actually sporting quite a um, natty 70s pulling bowl haircut. There's quite a few bowl cuts in this uh, this series. What is this? Animals that they're listing. God, they're going at feral lick, these two, Pauline and Bill. They did it! Oh, so does that mean no bad joke from the... This repertory mod. Yeah, other other members of the gentle sex at this point include Jenny Leyland, uh, Gail Playfair. God, what a name! <laughs> um, and other, various others, um, and of course they, you know, they kind of um, they come back for the next series, the seventy nine to eighty series. But after that, they change it to. Um, Fiona Curzon and Libby Roberts, I think they would. Then Caroline Monroe and then Linda Lee Lewis, I think. So they've now got to come up with uh, string instruments. Oh, Jenny and Terry doing well. I read that Terry was actually, I think he was an extra. In a, a couple of um, TV shows, I think he was in Wolf, which was um, kids' TV, kids' TV series in uh, the late eighties or early nineties about a about a dog. I, I don't think it's uh, quite along the same lines as the excruciating waffle waffle the wonder dog on CBeebies, but uh, it was it was a little less uh, obnoxious. Yeah, Terry's just done well there. Uh, but yeah, but they Terry and Jenny got ninety quid. Blimey. Which was, you know, I mean, these days, I mean, it's, you know, everybody would think it's like peanuts. But back, back in 1970, yeah, that's a heck of a lot of money. Which which I really couldn't tell you. Um, I, I don't know about inflation. Um, I suspect, I mean, it's probably, we're talking probably thousands, you know, these days. The, uh, the, amount, the amount they actually go into win would be the equivalent of, uh, of thousands. Oh my god, look at all this. Two shillings. Oh. oh. 
How to be happy without money. I, I saw it for 35 quid. Oh. Oh, they only scored Errol. Yeah, it's Mustachio Man number one is, uh, is called Errol. Everyone Lynn. God, look at all the lights and that design. I mean, God, that must have cost a fortune alone on lighting bills. I mean, yeah, the design the design is um, a, a little bit a little bit more crude than what they come up with. I mean, it, lo it looks like a some really dodgy casino or something. <laughs> um. If then they just go over to a you know just a bog standard you know table trestle table which uh, which they store the MacGuffins on but uh, we'll we'll come to that in a minute. What are they what are they answering questions on now? Kings and queens, girls' names, boys' names. Come on, Murray, answer the questions. It, it must be really awkward what, the way they slowly zoom in on the, the, you know, each contestant's puzzle, you know, sort of, you know, eagerly thinking face and thinking, oh my God, keep the camera off me, otherwise I'm never going to answer the question. Oh God. People in glass houses shouldn't stone thrones. That is. I think Ted summed it up there. That Ted could have gone better if Marcel Marceau had done the joke. That is, that is just so corny. I mean, who came up with these jokes? I mean, was there just like a... Um, like one of those sort of uh, Christmas cracker joke writers that they drafted into this because they're, oh, they're so corny. Yeah, I, I can understand why they uh, dispensed with it after the first two series. It would just be, um, it would just be one of the disrepertory company um, in the second series who who would just come up with a really bad joke. Um, but they they do away with that altogether by um, series three, which is probably the right thing to do. What have they got a have they got a name um sea animals or something? Oh I wonder what they what they all think of this now. The the disrepertory company, yeah. No. Yeah, I, I wonder if they look back on this with fondness, you know, Chris Emmett and Debbie Arnold and Mike Newman. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I know, I know the jokes are bad, but I'm, I'm sure they had a lot of fun making it. You know, it must have been, you know, great fun to do every week, you know. Wild cats. Okay, how many wild cats can you know? Tiger, puma, cheetah, um, lion. Oh God, that's that's only four I can name. <laughs> oh, Sarah Green can't think. Zebra. Zebra. <laughs> a zebra. A zebra. Oh, God, yeah. I knew that was coming. How does a cat get down the motorway? Meow! That, oh. They're even worse than my jokes, actually. I, li I like the way they come on and uh, the, the the gentle sex come on. They, sort of, they sound quite disapproving, especially, I think it's Jenny who just came on, and they uh, say, um, Errol and Lynn have only scored four, I'm afraid. You know, it's like, uh, you know, must do better. They, they uh, Some of them do sound especially quite posh because, uh, you know, they sort of spoke in RP back then, you know, C pronunciation. Groups of insects. Oh, that's an arachnid, isn't it? She just said spider. 
Oh, Mireille, what have you done? What have you done? Oh, so final scores of week. So Terry and Jenny have a winners again. 300 quid. What would that be these? I'll, I'll, I'll have to look it up later and see what that's worth. But I, th I think we're probably talking... No, 360 quid. No, I tell a lie. My bad answer. Is, uh, uh, just not spotted that. But, uh, so that's the end of part one, as we bid adieu to Ted and his horrible orange shirt. God, the... Uh, back onto part two. <laughs> there's, a, there's a woman in the front of the audience who looks like Dwayne Dibley from Red Dwarf. She looks really, she looks like she really doesn't want to be there. Uh, now, what we're on to here is, uh, again, different from what would, um, what they do in the future. Here they do like a kind of sort of um, a generation game kind of um, challenge. I'm not sure. They're, they're all dressed in policemen's helmets, so I, I, I don't know what they're going to do for this one. Um, Luke Ted's doing a, doing a quick pun there. So, yeah, what they do, they, they have a sketch there because they have, you know, like um, half a dozen sketches in this one rather than five, which they, which they would do after this. And this week is all to do with crime. So you've got here Mike Newman bumbling in as uh, um, Sherlock Holmes, I think. Mike Newman, easily the most manic of them. He's he's quite unpredictable. You never quite know what you what you're going to get from him. Really, I, th I think there's probably quite a lot of ad living here. So yes, what they, what they do is um, they'd have the first sketch, and then they would have um, a t it was kind of like a double um, double barrel task. Um, you'd have to answer questions about the sketch, you know, sort of like what's the name of the character that Mike Newman played, blah blah blah. You know, what was what was the date that he says that that we're in? Um, you know, what what did he cut up? He's just cut up a carpet or rug for no. For no good reason. Um, so they have to answer 10 questions on that. And then, meanwhile, um, the other half of the couple will get on and do a game, um, which which we're about to see. You know, it's a very kind of mundane, you know, sort of like a sports day race, that sort of thing. And um, and, then, and then they, they swap after about uh, 30 seconds each. No, Chris Ellick can't be Moriarty. I mean, he certainly can't be Moriarty from the uh, from the Stephen Moffat style because he's not hammy enough. Oh, blimey, that's a bit... <laughs> Threatening to kill Mike Newman with, ass with a spear full of acid. Uh, okay. Just what you want for Friday night tea time, Terry. <laughs> oh, he's actually killed him because he... Uh, Debbie Arnold's character didn't pack his uh, protective body belt or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, yeah, Chris Emmett shirt, um, Moriarty is not hammy enough. Really don't understand what I still don't understand what all that was about, but really over the top Moriarty, it was just oh, appalling, just so cringy. But anyway, never mind. Um, th th this is um, this is the game that they're they're going to play now. Well, what do they have to do? It's called flower power. So they've got right. They've got some plastic flowers. And I, sus I suspect they've got to walk along on these um, cut down stilts. But they've literally got to walk along on tin cans, which Ted is trying to do and failing miserably. Put the daisy in the hole on a like a beam, like a high jump beam, and then they have to like detonate the flower, which I suppose explodes with like string or something or shaving foam or something like that. I don't, I don't know. And they've got to do it while wearing police helmets. Oh, 
big prizes. I wonder what prizes they put on this week. I mean, um, because they've got uh, they've got half a dozen prizes to choose from this time rather than five. But of course, one of them is uh, is uh, of course Dusty Bin. Um, that's that's one thing that they uh, they can't can't escape is they could just take home a brand new dustbin. So I, I don't know what they're going to get. I mean, they might get the car again like they did last week. Whether or not they'll uh, react like Mick did with tears of joy and a, and a kiss for Ted, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. How are they getting on? Sarah Green and Marie Mathieu battling it out there. Oh, off go the moustaches. Bill and Errol. Now, Pauline and uh, Lynn have to answer the questions. Yeah, th th this will be um, a, di a different arrangement to the, uh, the previous 3 2 one, which, um, which was kind of like one long sketch, the My Word Is My Bomb one. But I think with this one, it's just like different sketches. You've, you, it's more like an anthology of sketches rather than, you know, just one long, um, you know, sort of five-part scene, or in, in this case, six-part scene. So how do they get on here? We're about to find out. Oh, they! Oh, look at look at the scoring. I mean, they've literally got like those old kind of um, top of the form scoreboards where you just um, it's one of those flip boards where you just um, you have the numbers and you just flip the. Uh, it's it's kind of like a book when you flip the page over, rather than electronic scores, which they probably feature in the future. Oh, technology! Oh, you thwarted us once again. Oh, yeah, scoring not too bad. Looks like Bill and Pauline are just about winging it here. Oh, so they got Bill and Pauline have got eight, Lynn and Errol have got six. What are we? So it all comes down to how many flowers they popped. Two. Oh, no, I, I think it's Bill and Pauline. Yep, yep, they scored two more. So they are through to take it or leave it. Yes. Oh, shaking of the hands there. So they got 112 pounds to go away with it. But in this in this case they don't go um they don't go with the uh they don't go with the uh ceramic dusty bin at this point. All right, so we're on Ted's treasure table now. Yeah, I, I suspect the um, the prizes might be a little bit more out there. Um, from what I remember about the first series, they have some really weird prizes. They, I think in one of them, you can win a greyhound. One of them, you can win a dog, uh, just a regular dog, and uh, enough booze to sink Phil Mitchell. Um, God, they, they do come up with some really unusual prizes. Oh, yeah, but yeah, one of them, I think you can invest in a racehorse or something, which is which is crazy. Very, very unusual prizes, but uh, but of course, you get you know, you get the car. So, up first, we got Mike Newman. Yeah, he's, he's just said it. So, what's he going to leave for them this time? Leaving a magnifying glass. Of course, you don't get you don't get the other clues up on the screen. So, right, listen to this. Did you get that? Can you work that out? Oh, could could be the bin, could be the well, it could be the car as well. If it's in the street, it, it's either one of the two. So either they're gonna think that it's the car or the or the bin i think so anyway oh it could be something else could be a could be a lamppost or something your very own lamppost i won't put it past them or paving slabs no it couldn't be a paving slab could it no different colors or... so the next one what's the next one? Oh, right here we go is somebody's iron side yeah this oh yes this is um this is max beasley's dad isn't it who's also called max max beasley yeah, he's called Maxton G. Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, he's um, yeah. I, I don't know why he called him the same name as his son, but uh, he called his son the same name as him. I don't know, but yeah, he's 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 quite good in actually. He, he does um, some some good impersonations, and he'd uh, he'd hang around for the first uh, first few series of Fruity One, but uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, you can tell, you can tell. There's there's a definite likeness between the two. You know, but both in the both in the face and the voice, I think. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, they keep they keep calling the um the clues the MacGuffins, the things that they leave on the table, which I think Clive Dunn coined in the uh, the first episode. So who's is that? Norman Chapel, I think. Yeah, I think it's Norman Chapel. Right, he's left the drawing pin. It's probably can't be good. Like that top of the cops. When this stops, you can rest assured. Did you get that? Yeah, I've had I've had made absolutely no sense. A drawing pin, I mean could that be the bin? You know, if, if you sit on it, you know, it's a pain in the arse, isn't it? So it'd be a pain in the arse if you actually run dusty bin. Or it could be I don't know, lifetime collection of drawing pins? Artwork, posters, I don't, I don't know, who knows. So who have we got next? Uh, we got, that's Mike Newman rolling a bicycle wheel along. They do, they do have some guest stars uh, in 21. They, they, you know, they, in the first series, they actually have, you know, sort of like a guest name popping up each week. Um, I, I don't know who it's going to be this week. They've had Clive Dunn. They've had uh, do 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 Miriam Carlin was on. Who's in So Haunt Me? Um, Barry Sheen was on one. He, he just came in randomly. Uh, oh, this oh, it's Pat Coons this week. Pat Coons was a. Uh, it was it was quite a big name in the uh, in the seventies and eighties on the small screen. She appeared in. Um, Comedy with Peggy Mount called "You're Only Young Twice," which I suspect was probably quite, quite big at this time. I remember it was on in the late seventies, early eighties, from from what I remember as a kid. "You're Only Young Twice" was about you know these sort of middle aged, so um yeah sort of um middle aged to young old age, I suppose for one of a better word, um you know group of old graphic. There were four of them. There were these. Uh, Sort of old ladies, and Peggy Mount was quite uh, quite the brash one, I suppose. Point of better word, she was quite loud. And from what I remember, Pat Coombs was, you know, she was more kind of genteel and, uh, you know, sort of a more kind of long suffering comedic sidekick, I think. I haven't seen it since it went out. I mean, that's, you know, way over 40 years ago, so uh, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. So what what's Pat gonna leave? Yes, quite posh. They always are, you know. You they you know these actors or actresses, you know, they always play. Uh, um. Oh, we're talking about you only on twice. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're quite. Um, they're, they're always quite well spoken in, uh, you know, in uh, in reality. Right. So, what's she going to leave this time? Oh, she's going to leave a hat. The hat that she was wearing. All right. What's the rhyme? If it didn't have a license, oh, that's either that's either a car or a or a telly or something. Maybe a video recorder back in those days. Oh, she gets a bunch of flowers. Right, so it's rejection time. So if you've never seen three, two, one before, they have to reject some. Um, um, they have to reject one of the three MacGuffins that have been left on the table. Um, 
one of them could be a good prize, one of them could be the bin. I mean, the object is to get rid of the bin. Um, and uh, aim not to reject the car. So they're, they're rejecting the drawing pin. Oh, this should be interesting. Ironside is confined to a wheelchair, yeah. And a caravan. Oh, they rejected the caravan. Oh, my God. Look at that. It's like five stain chads wheeling on a... That's a caravan, is it? It's, what is that? A caravan for Ronnie Corbett, for God's sake. It's, oh, right. Oh, I see. They're putting it up. Yeah. Um, okay. It's. <laughs> I, I could just picture, you know, any four in a bed contestant going on that. I think they'd. Uh, it's one of those kind of like fold-out caravans. But Bill and Pauline already have have a caravan, so uh, no harm done there. Yeah, it's it's one of those kind of old-fashioned fold-out caravans which you couldn't, you know, you couldn't even swing a mouse in, never mind a cat. But uh, they've turned it down. The fiends. I mean, are they going to have every prize that are on there? We've got a brand new bin, brand new car. I don't know. So we're now on part three. I hope it's a better caravan than that one. Oh dear, yes, uh, very. Yeah, I, I suspect this probably wouldn't go down well in uh, uh, in in two thousand twenty-two because uh, twenty twenty-two because uh, just the sexiest joke about Charlie's Angels and. Uh, But like, like I keep saying in these commentaries, oh, Wonder Woman here. Yeah, like, like I keep saying in these commentaries, you know, this is a product very much of its time, you know, and uh, Debbie Arnold was Wonder Woman there. Yeah, Wonder Woman was, yeah, that, that was big in the 70s, wasn't it? Another oh, dear. Chris Emmett is, is now dressed... Wonder Woman has just rescued Chris Emmett, who's dressed up as uh, a Tommy Cooper version of Superman. Actually, was this before um, Russ Abbott? Did Russ Abbott do Cooperman then? I mean, if, I suspect this might, have been, um, this might have been before Russ Abbott did the whole Cooperman thing. If, um, if, if it is, then um, Chris Emmett should think about suing. Right, Debbie Arnold has just left the Wonder Woman bracelet. Oh, right. Right, I have no idea what that means. She's just left a bracelet. I mean, what the hell is that? I don't know, jewellery or something? When you've got nowhere to go. I mean, all, all of... All of these clues could be cars, really, couldn't they? All of these cars, all these clues could be bins. So they, um, Pauline and Bill can actually request to listen to one of the clues again, which, uh, which, which I think uh, they need uh, to listen to at least ten times <laughs> before they make any kind of sense of it, because none of them make sense, really. I do wonder who wrote the clues. Is there like a? Did they hire like a specific? Um, person to actually sit down and write these fiendishly tricky clues, which are which are very difficult to decipher. Oh, Bill thinks that one of um, Pat Coombs's clues a dog, which they're going to reject. Oh. They have a dog, so um, maybe it's another animal. I don't know. All right, Ted's about to explain what it is. Not a car, so yeah, telly, isn't it? Three TV sets? Oh, <laughs> oh excellent. Oh, they're bringing, they're wheeling in them. Um, 
And two of the gentlemen sex are wheeling in uh, one of those TVs like we used to get at school, which they wheel on this kind of, um, they wheel on uh, a trolley on casters. Um, and that TV actually looks like the sort of one we have. That's a TV. That looks looks more like a football. There's another one. And they've, oh, they've got a portable TV. Which is, yeah, minuscule. I mean, it's it's so strange these days. I mean, you know, these days, you know, I'm, you know, I'm watching, you know, you can watch 3, 2, 1 on a, on a phone, for God's sake. You know, I mean, you know, technology's progressed so far since 1978. Um, I mean, you, you can watch it anywhere. You, you, know, you can watch it on a, you know, regular TV, on a laptop, iPad, um, phone, mobile phone, iPhone, whatever. You know, I mean, it's it's changed so much. But back then, I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, a hell of a novelty to have, like, a, a portable TV that, you know, that was about the size of a, you know, a matchbox or whatever. So, uh, yeah, they rejected that. And I, I don't, somehow I don't think they got three TVs in the house. So who's next? Columbo. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, Maxton, Be Maxton G. Beasley again. That's, that's not a bad impression. So what, Dusty Winner's gone AWOL? I suppose that's kind of a loose theme for this one. They're on the hunt for the dustbin. I can't do the Columbo voice. I, I just can't. I mean, it's probably really easy to do, but I just cannot impersonate the, uh, the Peter Fort voice. What's he going to leave? A very heavy cigar. Ah, oh, heavy smoker. Good, good improv, Max. Good improv. <laughs> right, he's, he's going to read. Uh, what's he going to read? Yeah, he's just introduced himself. Thank you, Max. Well, I. Uh, well, I don't know. A cigar. I mean, what looks like a half-used cigar. I mean, that, I, re I reckon that's the bin. Oh, Ted's only just remembered to get rid of the the hat. He hasn't put the hat away under the table. Yeah, I, I reckon it's been. I have no idea. I have no idea what these prizes are. I mean, we haven't had anything too kind of wacky yet. I mean, you know, they they used to bring on caravans as prizes and uh, like those kind of trailer tents as well, which they uh, which they used to have. Which just look really kind of old and rickety and uh, probably not much better than a dustbin. But we haven't had any, you know, kind of St. Bernard dogs yet or you know, greyhounds or anything like that. Oh, they're rejecting the cigar. Now, I, I reckon it's the bin. I'm, I'm sticking my neck out here. I, I think it's the bin. All right. Oh, is he, oh, have they turned down the car? It's not the car. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Once a week, yeah. The bin. See, they, they normally bring on Dusty Bin, but I think it's Jenny. I think she's just bringing on a dustbin wrapped in a gaudy ribbon. Because Dusty is still missing. Who's still, I mean, there's not really a black market in Dusty Beans, is there? I don't, I don't know. Although the the, uh, the ceramic ones, I think, are, you know, they fetch a hell of a lot of money on eBay. They're probably worth more than the, uh, the cars, actually. 
so it's the, la the last one. I wonder why they uh, cut it down from six to five. I, I really don't know. No, it's Clouseau. Actually, he look, Chris Emmett does look a bit like Clouseau. So what is that? Is that Norman Norman Chaplin, Debbie Arnold stolen the Mona Lisa? God, they should they should, they should uh, like Doctor Who City Death. Maybe Doctor Who City Death got the idea from from this. I don't know. I doubt it. Oh, good old Clouseau. Well, they got rid of him pretty easily. Oh, don't tell me he's landed in the bin. I bet he's landed in the bin. Yeah, uh, at least he's found Dusty Bin. So what's the final clue? Oh, the final clue is the Mona, the Mona Lisa, is it? Is it? Chris Emmett is leaving the Mona Lisa as the MacGuffin. Okay. Right, what's the rhyme? I put my spoke in all the time. The criminals know I'm not tough. In every case, I lose a chase because my legs aren't fast enough. Thank you. Uh, what? Legs aren't fast enough. Is that the car or is that motorbike of some kind? Or, or maybe a bicycle? I don't know. But what's, that? what's it got to do with the Mona Lisa? Um, yeah, the. the the actual uh, MacGuffins don't really have, they, they don't really kind of equate with the clues. They're kind of, you know, completely just random, you know. So they've only got three left, but at least they're going home with a, um, well, uh, yeah, I suppose they were pretty good prizes for the time, you know. When I was a kid, I always used to, you know, enjoy seeing what prize they win. Um, and I think, like I said before, I, th I think it's a shame that contestants today only win money. I mean, there's something kind of more exciting about, you know, winning a prize. It's kind of like, you know, getting, you know, just money for Christmas when you actually want to unwrap the presents. Oh, they're rejecting the, the Mona Lisa. Transport. Mm, yeah, but it's a bike, isn't it? Oh, an exercise bike. Oh, there you go. One of the gentle sex has got to kind of ride that and try and look uh, <laughs> enthusiastic about it. God, I could really do with an exercise bike. I really could. Oh, they also get two bikes. Patsy Ann Scott having a bit of difficulty with that by the look of it. Yeah, they, they've turned down one of those two. Yeah, they, they, yeah, we've got two. One of those kind of fold-out bikes, which you can... Uh, which would be really convenient, you know, because, you know, these days, you know, the amount of bike thieves. Um, God, they, they must be on the rise. I'm sure they are. You know, how convenient is it just to, you know, take it with you, you know, to the work office or whatever, rather than worry or get it on the... Um, get it on the train or the bus or whatever and uh, not have to lug a great big bike on there. You can just fold it up and put it in a bag. So what are they going to choose? We're down to the Mike Newman's magnifying glass and Debbie Arnold's bracelet. What are they going to choose? Which one is the car? I would think it is the magnifying glass. It all says that Pauline is always right. Yeah, they're rejecting the bracelet. Oh, I wonder what Pauline and Bill are up to now. I wonder if, well, I wonder if they're still with us. I mean, they're, look about early, late 20s, early 30s, I don't know. Difficult to know. Yeah, they're probably in their 
I've asked the Willis, they're probably in their semifinals by now. Oh, yeah, I, th I think they, they just tweaked it. Not the car that they turned down. So they're obviously going home with the car then. What have they, what, what have they turned down? What's that? A bit of a house? Not much of a black market in bits of houses. Or is, is it double glazing? What's double glazing got to do with a bracelet, for God's sake? Thousand pounds worth of double glazing. Um, what if they? What if they live in a? What if they live in a tent or something? Or, yeah, or they live in their caravan. So they they obviously uh, won the car. Yeah, they're, they're looking a bit bit excited here. I, I I think it made sense for them to kind of drop the, having the car every week because. You know, it, it does kind of take out the mystery, doesn't it? Of, you know, what, what they're going home with. Right. Yeah, all of its colourful guys. Yeah, of course it makes sense, doesn't it? Appears very colourful every week. But what's it got to do with a magnifying glass? Unless you get a toy car. Maybe you get a toy car, I don't know. Yeah. Do they have a car? Oh no, it's Mike Newman in a in a siren and a la a flashing light. Oh, oh no, here we go. Who's that? Forward. Oh, lovely yellow colour there. Oh, oh dear. Yeah, Pauline's off. Pauline looks like she was just about to blub. So they won the car. I keep I keep choosing episodes in which in which they win the car. I wonder if there's one out there where they uh, win the bin. <laughs> Do you have one of these? So that is the end of the crime episode of three, two, one. I, I, you know, I mean, it's it's great fun. It, you know, it probably hasn't aged that well for. Um, viewers of certain ages, the younger viewers, I mean, they probably look back on this and think, what the hell? But as, as a bit of telly nostalgia, it's, you know, it, it's, you can't beat it really. And like I said before, it brings back a lot of happy memories of sitting down with mum, dad, Emma, sister, you know, and, um, just enjoying it, enjoying it. I would have been four when this went out. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's sort of the first series. Probably allowed to stay up late on Friday night and watch it. We've got Cheesley wave at the camera. Ah, oh, the logo, the Yorkshire Television logo. So that is it. That is the end of three, two, one. Well, I hope you enjoy that. I will be back very soon with more Perpetual Outsider podcasts. But in the meantime, uh, it's time to say goodbye. So thank you for listening, and hope to hear from you again soon. Bye for now.